all ye lands. Oh, go ahead and keep the microphone. Keep, keep it down here. Yeah. We're going to use that. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, <clears throat> he is God. It is he that hath made us, not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. So this week is Thanksgiving. And I have 10 pages of something I have for Nehemiah, which I think we'll use later. My voice isn't going to hold out for that. We're going to do something a little bit different, uh, at least the first half of this hour. And we're going to look at your Thanksgiving and Christmas, say, traditions, how you honor the Lord with your family, what you do. So who would like to start? Or we'll just go one by one. Let's start. So traditions, what you do, your family, Thanksgiving, Christmas, anything special? Yeah, I don't know that this is anything that, well, yeah, this is not specifically honoring to the Lord, but um, one Christmas tradition that we have is that uh, in Ukraine, most people over there are Orthodox. And so in the Orthodox Church, they're on the Julian calendar, if I'm not mistaken. And so they celebrate Christmas on, Jul on January 7th. Um, and so that's something that our family's kind of adopted, partly because one of our daughters has a birthday on December 20th. And that gives a little bit more space between the birthday and Christmas. And uh, I was actually, my wife was just texting me today, and I guess Ukrainians are for the most part, switching away from uh, celebrating on December 7th because that feels more Russian-y and obviously the anti-Russian sentiment is very strong. But I think we're gonna go ahead and stick with our family tradition and celebrate on January 7th. Okay. My wife's comment was, it's not the, you know, we, we can keep doing what we were doing. We don't have to change our traditions just because of the Russians, so. <laughs> but. Go ahead. I mean, it comes comes to mind. Um, I mean, my my family didn't really have a lot in the way of traditions, but I mean, it's it was so. I mean, I mean, we did have the in thanks with Thanksgiving time of giving thanks and even mentioning around the table but with Christmas I mean we didn't really have much that we really did that was a tradition okay good One thing that we uh, 
have done sometimes, and this is not so much our family's tradition, it's more the tradition of our ministry partners, the Steels, that we often wind up celebrating Thanksgiving with because um, they're the only, some of our best American friends in Ukraine. Uh, they do this thing that they call light the night, and that you, you start out in a dark room with a whole bunch of tea lights on the table, and you go around the table and everybody takes turns. Sometimes there's different categories, but everybody takes turns saying something that they're thankful for and every time you do that you light one of those tea lights and so it starts out very dark and in time the room becomes much more bright and light and cheery as a result of all the thankfulness mm, very good. okay and then for us <clears throat> and Miriam you can help with this <clears throat> right now we switch between Thanksgiving and Christmas with the boys being Married. We used to have everything together and all normal. <clears throat> so one year Thanksgiving's on, one year Christmas is on. For Thanksgiving, we typically do the normal things, the turkey and and dressing and all that good stuff. And we sit down and I'll have a good family meal, which we plan to this year. Uh, we don't go around the table. When all the food is on the table, we don't go around and say, what are you thankful for? Because I've been told over and over, if the food gets cold, I'm in trouble. So I'll keep the prayer short. <laughs> Mom gets all the food on the table, and she wants to keep it warm. So for that, that's Thanksgiving. For Christmas, uh, particularly well, we still do it now, but when the, when the boys were small, we start with Luke 2. So the boys would have to recite Luke 2. From Miriam, you remember which verse, verses? The heart of Luke 2 with, uh, with Mary and giving a child. So before we did any presents, before any of that, we did Luke 2. And to this day, we still do that. Now the spouses have to do that. Of course, they have a Bible to help them sometimes. So <laughs> That's one of the, the things that we started years ago. Also years ago, we used to do a family newsletter, we haven't done that. The boys have been, have been grown. Miriam, what else? And we also, some things we've done in the past, for years we did Christmas caroling. We'd invite some young people from the church and, and uh, Stephen Nelson, you remember that? He was on our Christmas carol for several, 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 several times. We get the, get the 16 foot trailer and get Timothy's truck or get the tractor and we're in the neighborhood, our neighborhood's acreage, so it's not a simple walk from this house to the next. So get some hay from the trailer and go from house to house. And young folks would bake cookies and we put those together, the Hewlands were involved and, and uh, we put tracks in there, cookies and tracks, and we'd give it out. I remember one time, early, for one of the first times we did this, went to one house, they were upset with us because they didn't know we were coming. They, in fact, they, they rushed out and said, well, go to this house first. They came back and they wanted to give us these Russian tea cakes. They were unhappy because we didn't know, they weren't prepared for us because they wanted to give us something. So it was, and then the next year I told them when we're coming. <laughs> they invited us in for, for different things. But so those are some of the things that that we had done, and that kind of makes, makes it special, brings back. Stephen, hopefully you have good memories from that. That's a good, 
It's a good thing. I know the Hewlin still they still do their Christmas caroling to neighbors. I guess they still do that for neighbors and such. So Dan, what about you? What what kind of? I know you do this famous newsletter. Yeah. Of course, your newsletter writer is this has advanced to a different point of her life. Thanksgiving, the only thing we probably do a little different is we uh, we all make one particular thing, like one person will make the, we call them heavenly eggs, not devil eggs, heavenly eggs, <laughs> but um, one person will make the pie, so we all have our own little assignment, um, which makes it crowded in the kitchen, but it's pretty much fun until <laughs> we get to fight over the oven, but, <laughs> but all that works out. But then um, one thing we do similar to the candles, which... I don't know when we started this because uh, we've been doing it for years. I don't know where it came from, but um, they'll pass out uh, kernels of corn, or, you know, unpopped corn, whatever you call it, a piece of unpopped corn. Um, not, okay, I don't know how you describe it. Not the corn, but, uh, you know, the, you know when you get popcorn, it's not popped yet? What do you call that? Kernel. Okay. What do you call the thing on the cob there? That's not a kernel. Yeah, Both kernels. kernels. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, we put one. Everyone gets three on their plate, and you you take them off, and you name one thing you're thankful mm. for. And we learn to do it after we eat too. Um, oh, okay. So that's sometimes true. before dessert. <laughs> um, but that's one of our little traditions. The only thing we really do different with Christmas, and we started doing this years ago, is we don't open gifts on Christmas Day. We do the traditional, I guess what I would say, the American Christmas on New Year's Day. And we mm -hmm. even call it New Year's Gifts. Um, on Christmas Day, we do things more concentrating on, on, on Scripture. We, we mm -hmm. go through Luke. Sometimes we've done different things. We act it out with skits or different things like that. We have our own little traditions we do on that. So, um, And that's worked out well for us. So, But that's pretty much it. Okay. Stroger. Yes. Um, we, we uh, traditions. Um, Thanksgiving, usually my cousin and his wife come up from McAllen. Pretty good drive. And, um, and then at Christmas, we, so at Thanksgiving, we, we just go around the table and ask what we're thankful for, but we mostly do that at Christmas, actually. And we have candy, candy corn, corn. Candy corn. And, uh, and, and a light. We, they also have a, a, a candle in front of them. And um, once they, I'm not sure how to say this. We, we have a, a list of, of scripture verses that we go through. So everybody has a, a scripture verse. It's about Jesus being the light of the world, so a lot of it's from First John and from John, and then and Dick reads Luke two, and um, then when you finish your your section of reading, then you light a candle, and then at the end of it we sing, um, "Come on, ring those bells and sing Happy Birthday to Baby Jesus and our Jesus," and. Um, and it's kind of, it's usually Christmas Eve when we do it. And then 
or it can be Christmas Day. It just depends. But then we have, we have birthday cake. I don't know, but the the scriptures we have some of the cards where the kids read the scriptures were written really big for my mom because of her cataracts, and so it's just kind of fun to look back and see these old cards and you know through the years. I'm sorry, I took your spot. Keep going, Dick. It's okay. Uh, so, um, and you know the. I guess she's covered pretty much everything. We we, we read the scriptures, we um, sing, and uh, this is after the dinner. So not everybody's uh, waiting to eat hmm. at this point. So they've eaten, and we we may not have had dessert, but and then we so we go through that tradition, and um, and then we. Um, end up singing happy birthday to Jesus and then we have dessert. So not much else. Okay. Anybody else? Pass it down. No. Uh, we had a tradition where I had these ornaments for the tree that are called Hold adornaments. Your microphone. I'm sorry. Okay. Is that better? Yes. Sorry, I'm not used to these. Uh, they're called adornaments, and each one represents a different name for Jesus. You know, light of the world, vine, lamb of God. And there'd be a scripture that we'd recite, and then the children would take, you know, be their turn to go hang it on the tree. We'd go through that a couple of weeks before Christmas. Nice. Okay, anybody else? It's more of a, um, maybe a focus, and I just remember as a child, and some of you have mentioned this already, um, I remember as a child sometimes being torn between, I felt like there was, uh, if I was, Christmas was supposed to be about Jesus, it wasn't supposed to be about the fun, and so if I was enjoying the fun, then I felt like I was being unspiritual, and so uh, I feel like one thing that we've tried to do with our kids is let Christmas be fun. And you know, remember the the spiritual significance, but just let 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 fun be fun. You know, it's kind of like the whole let's be thankful, but let's do it after we've eaten dinner, so it doesn't get cold type of thing. <laughs> so, okay, anything else? All right, I need an unwilling volunteer. I guess I'm gonna pick Dick. I was gonna do Aaron was supposed to be here. I guess if he's around or not, he was supposed to do this. So this is a what would you do? situation. I'm going to give you a situation and you're going to let us know what you would do in this situation. So I've got to lay this out, give you some groundwork. Uh, years and years ago, uh, and actually not weeks ago, I had a kidney stone. Okay, so it's amazing what they can do now. I don't know if I mentioned, but they did the x-ray back, what, a week or two ago, and everything looked, looked good. And they can go in with a camera and with a laser without any perforations, and they blast the stone with the laser, contact laser. It's just, I, I can't imagine how that's done. But years ago, back 2001-ish or so, 
I had a kidney stone, and it was it becomes very painful. And then as the as the kidney kind of swells up, puts pressure on the stomach, and kind of nausea, and it's one of those kind of incapacitating things. You kind of get, and, and Miriam drove me to the hospital emergency room, and we did our, what was it? Was that the Toy Story one? So we waited and waited, and had this movie going over and over and over and over and over. Uh. So anyways, that's, that's just kind of give you some, some basic uh, information there. So some years ago, there was George. And George is getting ready for bed. Got to get pajamas on and brush his teeth, all those things. And he happens to turn the radio on. And it's Erwin uh, Lutzer, Songs of the Night. Ever anyone heard about that? You've heard that before? Okay. So then, then George goes to bed. But then, a couple hours, he kind of wakes up, and he's not feeling well on his side. It's painful. So he takes an ibuprofen, drinks some water. Okay, well, this will clear up. Well, then, and George has a family and all that good stuff. And then after another hour or two, it's not getting any better. So he finds a hydrocodone pill. And you know what that is. It's a fairly good pain reliever. And that doesn't do much. So he knows he has some issues. So the question is, what would you do if you were George and it's not getting better, drinking water doesn't help, hasn't got to the nausea stage yet, and it's getting painful, so he has to make some decisions of what to do. So Dick, what would you do at this point? Oh, microphone. And, and I'm giving you very little information, so this is... Well, you check Google first. Check, oh, check Google! <laughs> uh. See if you can save some money. George, <laughs> check Google. And, then, and if, if you can't discern from Google mm -hmm. um, or any, any you know, med, medical, the MD thing and Web, WebMD or, or any of the other ones, that might pop up, but if you don't see anything there, then we'd go to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. Just because it's something that's odd mm -hmm. and it's very painful, your body's telling you something. And if you can't discern what it is, it's you need to go to somebody that's had some, some schooling that knows what it is and, or can find what it is, has the tools to find what it is. Mm -hmm. Okay, so at this point, that's, the, that's, the, that's your recommendation. And let me give you some more information on the story. Okay. So, George, <clears throat> um, so you're essentially saying have, have George's wife drive him to the emergency room. Okay. Well, it turns out that George was in a place called Pensacola, Florida, and he lived in Houston. His wife was in Houston. He's 500 miles away in a hotel room. What will he do? That makes a different a different twist on the story. Uh, you could, well, you gotta go to the emergency room. Oh, you've already decided that. So you could um, either use Uber. Uber. 
or you could, I don't know if there was any Uber back then, or but you could call a cab if it was back very far. Um, and worst then the worst case is you just call it an emergency, call an ambulance. So those are the kind of choices he might have, and he's thinking, well, what what can he do? He's there. He has he knows some people there. Does he want to be stuck in, uh, in a hospital and there, away from home? Of course, there are all the incidental things, all the rental car, the hotel, the stuff, and all that kind of stuff that is to deal with. So George goes back to sleep, tries to go to sleep. He can't go to sleep. He's kind of worried. Essentially, he cries out to the Lord. Lord, what, what should we do? What should we do? What, what can we do? In this situation. I mean, options aren't very good. So he remembers the Erwin Lutzer, the songs of the night. He gets his Gideon Bible out, and he reads those verses. So turn to Isaiah. Turn to Isaiah. Dick, I'll let you read those verses. Isaiah 40. Starting with 28 through the end. Has thou not known? Has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run. They shall not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Okay, well that's the, those are the verses that, that he heard, that George heard. And to him, said, well, the Lord said, wait on him to renew your strength. So he did that. He felt a little bit better. And mounted up with wings as eagles. That sounds like an airplane to me. So George thought. To run, well, he could run his rental car. Fortunately, he was one block away from the airport. Now, it's not wise to drive long distances with hydrocodone. But so this to him, he read this and it said, Wait on the Lord, renew your strength, get on the airplane, use your rental car, pack up, and go home. To go home. Walk and not faint. So I just told you that early on, when, when you had the kidney stone thing, you can get, progress into the nausea, the incapacitation, and that's a fear. It's a fear. And George knew that. So he, he tried to, he packed up. Of course, he got, got the luggage, computer, get dressed, all these things. And he's going slow. So it's, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. He wants to get on the flight. There's a 6 o'clock flight. 
back to Houston. But he finally gets checked out of the hotel, and he gets the luggage. He gets that into the, the rental car. He manages to get onto the one block of, of roadway until he got to the airport. So he was, he was fairly legal, Dan, so sort of legal. So he got to the airport, like one block away. So got the rental car, returned it, had his luggage out, and you know, hauled it all the way into the car. This is, Pensacola is close. I mean, the, the rental car return is right across from the terminal. It's not, not one of those five miles away things. So George is doing this, he, and he can't get on the next flight. It's, it's booked or it's too late. So he has to get on the 7 o'clock flight, 7 o'clock or 7.30. So George takes his stuff. He sits down, sort of looks ahead for an hour or so, just kind of, kind of like a zombie. And he goes to use the restroom once, comes back. <coughs> Finally gets on the airplane. Gets home to Houston. No nausea, no none of that. His wife picks him up. They eventually get to the urologist. And they say, well, they took an x-ray. I said, we have a 5% chance of passing the stone. Five percent, or ninety-five percent chance the Lord will do something. So he chose that direction, and after a week or two, the stone passed. Goes back to urologist, say, "Yeah, it's passed. Here it is." So it's, it's how Scripture can lead us to a path that we wouldn't normally think of. And I didn't give all the information to to Dick, so he was trying to come up with some what to do. It's a lot different when you're there. It's a lot different. Also, um, you'd have to determine whether it's like a rhema. To, to me, I would. Yeah. And if, if God's telling me that, I knew it was God, then I would be more, I would do it. But if... If I didn't, but if I didn't, if it didn't jump off the page to me and hit my heart, mm -hmm. I might not do that. I could be in the car and get sick, yeah. or I could get sick on the airplane. Oh yeah, I mean that that all went through George's mind. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, so you know, disaster. But, um, this one's pretty. Pretty interesting, and, and if and if he thought that, like you said, when he read it, I think it was like a rhema to him. It was like a rhema, yeah. Yeah. Oh. It was an interesting look at Scripture, how Scripture can be used. Anybody have an experience like that, something similar? Does scripture guide you through a... Dan? Well, no, I had kidney oh. stone experience. Oh. kidney stone experience as well, and it was not very pleasant. Uh, the first one I had was, I didn't know what it was, and it was very, very painful, and I, like, I thought I was dying, and I remember Cheryl driving me to the hospital, and as soon as I walked in there, the nurse looked at me and said, you got a kidney stone. 
I thought, wow, these people are really good. But she said, no. She said, looking at your age, that's probably what it was. And they ended up admitting me in a hospital and because um, they gave me pain pillars and they didn't work. Finally, an IV was the only thing that worked. Mm -hmm. But I had another one and I didn't go to the hospital and it passed. And then maybe a year or so ago, I was thinking a lot like in George's situation, not quite as spiritual, but I, I had terrible pain. I thought it was a kidney stone. It never passed, so I really don't know what it was. And I just laid in bed and I kept getting in a hot bathtub would help or a heating pad. Um, and we didn't have insurance anymore. We have the Christian health care thing, but not the city insurance I had. And I had Cheryl call the clinic and it was going to be it very expensive to go. So I just waited it out and eventually it went away. So, but I wasn't able to read any scripture. I was too, I was praying mm -hmm. between moaning and complaining. Yeah. So yeah, I, I wasn't doing any reading. So okay, anybody else? Anybody? Yes, have have a story of using scripture to guide you on your path. Go ahead. No, I actually don't. Um, <laughs> I actually uh, had a situation in, in when I was younger where I was. I was sure that God had spoken to me through scripture that this was going to happen and it didn't happen. So ever since then, I, I know that God can speak through scripture, but I always try to take things with a grain of salt because some I, I've experienced that sometimes I can confuse God's voice for just random thoughts popping mm -hmm. into my head. Once again, not, not to rain on the, right. the, the God can't speak to us through scripture, but. Belt was saving up money to build this building we're in right now. And we were basically, the cost of building was moving along as fast as we were able to save, but that's the direction the Lord led us. And I was talking to a man at another church up in Conroe at some kind of meeting we were at, and he was telling me how their church went out on a leap of faith by taking out a big loan to build their building. And I just thought it was interesting that we're both accomplishing the same thing. Um, we're, you know, building a new building, and, and I'm, I'm sure they built theirs, doing it completely 100% different direction and both saying they're hearing from the Lord. So it's very difficult to discern God's will. Um, and it's, I think it's extremely difficult because we, we have our own bias that we bring into it of what we want or what we want out of a situation. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's easier, or we can even fool ourselves when we're thinking this has got to be God's will because this is what I don't want to do, like being a missionary, maybe going mm -hmm. to another country. That's the last thing I want to do, so it must be God's will. Well, I, I can fool myself there too. So it, it, I think it's a it's a it's, it's, it's very a difficult, very, yes. a very difficult thing to do. Kadik, your hand was up. There, there's coming. When I was, um, after I got saved, actually, let me go back. When, before I was saved, I asked God, I said, if you're there, show me. And, and then I was kind of lonely. I said, show me through somebody I could love if that would be your will. So that's a um, long story, but um, God led me to evidence demands a verdict and more evidence demands a verdict by Josh McDowell, which is what just exactly what I needed because I was looking for data. I'm an engineer, so I got to have data. And so um, 
so some sometime a little bit later, not very much, um, I was asking the Lord, okay, so you, you saved me. So that's the first part of the question. The second one is, you know, you saved me through somebody I can love. Mm -hmm. And Valerie was on my heart, and, um, and she helped me with the books and things that I needed to, to find the Lord. And so I thought, well, maybe that's her. And um, of course, I was attracted to her anyway. But anyway, uh, so <laughs> I, I got up the next morning, one morning, and I started reading my, um, what do you call it, daily prayer. It was just a, a book of there's a name for it. Oh, yeah, I can't think of it. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I started reading my scriptures in the morning, and uh, the verse said, and my God shall supply all your needs, you know, uh, Philippians 4, uh, it was 20, 29, 29 seconds with God or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's a... It's a, a a thing put out by Agape Ministries. But anyway, I had one of those, and I was going through that, and, and I said, okay, well, when should I ask her? Or what should I do? You know, what should I do? And so I was on my way to work, and um, this um, song came on that my cousin sang to my grandparents when, for the, on, their, on their 50th wedding anniversary, and it was 16 Candles. So I said, okay, so this is the 16th. Well, I'll just call her and ask her if she's available on the 16th, and if she is, so I'm fleecing at this point. Is she the one or not? And so um, I called her, and she said, on that date, she says, um, Wednesday, it was a Wednesday evening, she says, I can't, I can't do it that date because all, you know, those three girls were singing. Oh, maybe that's a closed door. <laughs> and so I said, what time do you get done? Well, you know, they do it at 7, they get done at 8. It says, okay, well, could you meet with me at 8? Yeah. So I proposed to her at 8, <laughs> right <laughs> after that. And um, she said yes. And so, uh, but, so the scripture was what, led me um, to see if that door was open. Mm -hmm. Philippians 4.19. So we have 4.19 in our rings. So. Very good. Good story. Hold on. Anything else? I think you have a, you have... Oh, we have about two, minutes, two, three minutes. We're okay. Okay, I'll make it short. So I had... I had a job decision to make at one point, and I was living in Wichita, Kansas, and working there. And so, and then I had this opportunity to go to Canada and work. And my best friend was there, and it was, I had gone to visit her. It was so beautiful, and the salary increase, and, you know, just um, the adventure of it. So, you know, I ended up making a list of this is why I should stay, and this is why I should go. Mm -hmm. Well, the why I should go was a lot longer than the why I should stay. Mm -hmm. 
And so, um, and I had asked the pastor how much, I was kind of new and, you know, a new Christian. And so I had asked the pastor, you know, how am I going to know what, what he says, well, you'll, you'll know. Well, yeah, but how, <laughs> you know, how am I going to know? But anyway, God chose, chose a verse that, um, cause I had been in a, a course of memorizing certain passages of scripture and it was, um, first John two, 15, 16, and 17, I think, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And as I was going over those scriptures, it just occurred to me, God was showing me that all my reasons for moving were worldly ones, you know? And, um, and so I've, I, I did feel convicted that he was telling me not to, not to move. I didn't have the right reasons. I didn't have his reasons for moving. Right. Very good. Okay. Oh, Dick, call on the microphone. Okay, so it's about time to... So what would you do? View scripture, but try the spirits. Mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. So when you hear the words, but they that wait upon the Lord to renew their strength, shall mount up with wings as eagles... So run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Kind of remember the, the George story. Wings as airplanes and, and run as a, as a rental car and walk and, and not uh, crash and, yeah, crash and burn, uh, either on the airplane or otherwise. So, so a, good, a good story. So hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. If Dick, would you want to dismiss us, please? Heavenly Father, we are thankful for all that you do for us. And we need you, Lord, so many times, uh, all the time. Father, we need you so much. And we ask for your um, favor upon each one here, each one uh, listening to the, the live stream. We just uh, ask, Father, for your blessing upon each one, Father. And uh, Lord, we uh, ask for your wisdom and guidance, Father, in our lives. There's so many things that happen, and, and so, Lord, we... We don't know where to turn, so um, uh, Terry brought up the point that we should turn to your word. And so, Lord, uh, we just thank you for, for that um, uh, scripture, that um, story about George and how he leaned on you, Lord, and you provided. So, Lord, we just um, ask for your blessing on each one here now in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed. Thank you for participating.